on DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Welcome to the Fan Network show on TalkSport 2, a brand new show for all of you fans who love your EFL football. I'm your host, Justin Beattie, and every week I'll be discussing all of the biggest talking points, news and views from around the Football League with the most important people, you, the fans. TalkSport has created a home for club-dedicated podcasts, the TalkSport Fan Network. These are podcasts made by the fans for the fans so that every supporter can hear about the latest stories from their club. These podcast hosts will join me each week and discuss the biggest stories from their club. If you like what they're saying, then make sure you give their podcast a listen. This evening, we'll discuss Swansea City's dreadful league form. They are only nine points above the relegation zone. Could they be dragged into the battle at the bottom? Luke Davis from the Swanscast podcast will give us his thoughts on that very question. We'll also be joined by Matt Lax from the New York Talk podcast to discuss his love for Rotherham United and recall some of his favourite memories supporting the Millers. And we'll dive into League One to discuss Derby County's promotion hopes with Jake Barker from the Rams Talk podcast as well. We'll preview our big game of the weekend as QPR host Huddersfield with both teams desperate for points if they're to avoid the dreaded drop to League One. We'll discuss that with the W12 podcast and He Takes That Chance podcast later on. Lots to get through over the next hour. This is the EFL Fan Network right here on TalkSport 2. This is the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. I'm Justin Beatty. glad to have you with us. Plenty of interesting EFL topics to get stuck into, so let's start with Swansea City. The Swans sit nine points clear of the relegation zone. They have a new manager as Luke Williams settles into the role. But what's been going wrong this season? Happy to say I'm now joined by Luke Davis from the Swans Cast podcast, who can give us some insight. So, Luke, what have you made of Swansea's season so far? Swansea season has been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, we obviously have a new manager now that we didn't start the season with, so that says it all really about how the first half of the year has gone. So they went with Michael Duff after Russell Martin left uh, last summer. A little bit of a change of direction in approach on the pitch as well from the club, which wasn't really the ideal uh, way the fans wanted the club to move forward, as as a lot of the fan base views Swansea as playing the Swansea way, if you like. So. For those who might not know what that means, if you remember the way the Swansea got promoted uh, back all them years ago to the Premier League, uh, we play attractive passing football. Uh, it's that sort of style of football. So Michael Duff came in and he wanted to bring a bit more directness and toughness to the squad and it didn't quite work. And quite often when you go away from the Swansea way down here, you need to bring results, otherwise you're under immediate pressure. So the fit didn't seem to be quite as natural. And as a result, um, yeah, he ended up not staying here for too long um, being sacked in December after a long managerial hunt then we finally got Luke Williams in who used to be Russell Martin's number two at the club so a kind of a bit of a U-turn from from the board if you like in terms of playing style so we're now on the path of kind of going back to that sort of um, tactics and play style that we did for two years under Russell Martin after having half a season where we kind of got detached from that so in limbo uh, for the mid mid part of the season, uh, going back to what we were before, but I think it's going to take a bit of time for the squad to kind of get back on on the level that they were before, especially with 13 new signings last summer that he has to kind of get on board with this style of playing and way of playing. And in the middle of the season, in you know what is a tricky championship uh, season with the fixture congestion and stuff, it's, it's 
difficult to kind of change that approach. But having said that, I think um, based on where we are on the table, we're kind of in a bit of no man's land. You would say probably okay from the relegation battle and probably not really looking at a playoff battle. So it's probably a good time to start looking at changing the direction and the approach and the tactics. So hopefully next season we can kind of hit the ground running and don't need any sort of transition when it comes to uh, style. You say not really in a relegation battle, but four wins in the past 17 games. That That's a worrying statistic, isn't it? Yeah, it's a worrying statistic. Um, I th- From what we've seen, basically since Alan Sheehan took charge as caretaker boss, he... He had a good stint uh, after Michael Duff left um, and he, he did get a good uh, level of points per game, to be fair to him. And he, he picked the club out of, at that time, I would have said we were looking over our shoulder. So from what he did from when he came in, I think he did enough and there's enough in the squad to show that we should be able to pull away from that. Now, maybe, you know, I'm speaking too soon, but I'm I'm fully confident in the squad that we have at the moment that we will have just enough to miss it. Maybe we'll slip down a few more positions. Um, if things don't go as planned. But I fully expect, if anything, things to start getting a little bit better. We've got a few hard fixtures coming up, so it might get worse before it gets better. But especially from Luke, what Luke Williams has shown so far, I think the squads are up for uh, this way of play, and they, they preferred it, the ones that were here before under Russell Martin. I think from what we are hearing, they are more happy with this direction as well and want to be playing this way. And from what we have seen on the pitch, as much as there will be weaknesses while the style transitions, and we probably will make mistakes that maybe cost us one or two goals, as we did when we first did it under Russell Martin, and as Southampton did earlier this year when he first came in there. Um, I think in the long term, going towards the end of the season, we should start picking up a bit, especially when the fixtures are a little bit kinder to us as well. So I think we've got enough. Um, it's easy to sit here and say that, though. If you ask me in a month and it hasn't gone to plan, maybe I'll have a different answer for you. But uh... Yeah, of course. So Jamal Lowe's ruled out for a month. How, how big a blow is this? So he's been playing striker for us recently. Jerry Yates, who we signed in the summer, um, for a decent fee from Blackpool, has mm. been on the bench. And we've also signed uh, Ukrainian uh, striker Kuharovic, who hasn't really had the minutes that perhaps he would have wanted, but then he's also had quite a few injury concerns. He's back to fitness now. So we've got two strikers there in the wings. But it is a concern, obviously, with Lowe being the guy that's been starting, not being able to play uh, for a length of time. If anything, maybe it will push the board into some action of making a sign-in or two at the end of this window now in the last week. It's been a bit of concern around the fan base that there has been no movement whatsoever in the transfer uh, window so far because the board have been telling us all all year, all season, you know, this transfer window has been um, been worked on for months, this months of planning, but we haven't seen anything. Mm. We haven't even had any rumours, really. There's been one or two names mentioned. Mm. Usually in January, you have a few, few links, few names. You're like, oh, are we actually going for this guy or that guy? It's just been really quiet. There's not been very little on the radar so not really sure but maybe with Lowe's injury now that can speed up um, process for maybe some of the forward positions having said that we have got a game against um, Bournemouth tonight Uh, I believe he's not going to be able to play due to his loan from them anyway so if anything perhaps the fact we don't have a game then to next weekend is if you're going to pick up an injury for a couple of weeks he's been out for a bit of it already with no games he could have played. So limited damage, if you like, in terms of his availability. But yeah, we would like to have him available, of course. 
So do you think you're going to strengthen the transfer window? I would be shocked if they don't bring anyone in. I think what they need and what they will do is hard to answer because obviously with the new manager now, I'm not sure what he would think of the whole squad right now. We've only seen two games, just diff- two, three games, sorry. So it's difficult to understand where he thinks maybe he needs for his style. Mm. But from what I think the squad needs is definitely some pace and um, some attacking threat in the wide areas in the forward positions. So we've got decent wing backs. He likes to play the wing backs really quite high up the pitch. Um, we've got the likes of Jamie Patterson, Liam Cullen, who can kind of play behind the striker more centrally or out wide. But mm. I think we need one or two players who are a little bit quicker, maybe a little bit more pace. Not to necessarily replace them, but to give a different option. We really don't have much pace in the side. And when we're trying to keep the ball, frustrate the opposition, go out wide to cause damage, and we don't really have pace, it's, it's, it has definitely been a bit of an Achilles heel for us for quite some time now. And I, I really think that's an area they need to invest in in the squad um, just to give different options because otherwise it could be quite pedestrian and predictable at times when you know we haven't got anyone that's really going to attack a defender. Mm-hmm. As much as we might play the part in brand of football now going forward, you would like to have someone who can just turn and attack and run at someone just to kind of keep them on their toes, if you like. Uh, but yeah, so that's for me the priority. And if it could be someone that could play also forward, like Jamal Lowe has been doing, also would take some strain off that area like we've just been talking about as well. Well, Luke Williams says he expects a, a late flurry. So so let's see. Let's yeah. let's turn to you. Um, how did you become a Swansea supporter? Um, my story is quite uh, unique, I guess, and quite funny. But um, so... <laughs> Living at home, my parents or my dad never really followed football. Actually, more of a rugby person. I right. really doesn't. He really doesn't like football. So I never had that sort of um, exposure to it from from the dad or from from parents, if you like. Um, so when I started delivering the local newspaper at age thirteen, obviously Swansea was always on the back pages, and at the time they were in League One under Roberto Martinez. And I just used to sit there and read the back pages before I went on my my little route to deliver the papers and. That's kind of how I started following them and getting into what was going on. Um, didn't manage to get to a game for a couple of years after that. I think um, my granddad was at a season ticket, so I went on with him a few years later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so th- that's how I started. And obviously for me, I guess I was a lucky time to kind of, I knew what was going on anyway beforehand, but to really get involved with the club and really start caring. Um, it was kind of the start of what was a really good period in the club's history as well, starting from League One. Uh, within like six, seven years, I believe we were in the Premier League, and then obviously we had a good time there for eight years, and now we are where we are. But um, yeah, kind of got on the right, the right side of because uh, because not so long before that as well, it was it wasn't in a good place a few years before where the club got sold for a pound, and there was a lot of other yeah. dramas going along at the time. So yeah, probably picked the best time to start getting into it, but it was by chance. It just happened to you know, be the time I started delivering the papers and it was there in front of me, so. Doesn't matter, does it? As long as you, you know, how you get into it once you're yeah. in, aren't you, really? Yeah. Uh, so just to finish off then, the, the Swans Cast podcast, uh, where can people find it if they want to give it a listen? Yes, yeah, the Swans Cast podcast. Uh, we are available on most major platforms um, on social media, so most active on Twitter if you want to have a chat to us and kind of um, interact with what your thoughts are on, on Swans. We always like to get for thoughts and feedback from other fans. And if you want to listen to our content, all of our stuff goes out on YouTube. So just type in Swans Cast and we should come up. And our podcast then is on all podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, 
Google, all the rest of them. It's, it's on all of them. So we do a few more things on YouTube, like previews and other stuff. But yeah, that's where all of our content is. So come and say hello, and we'd be happy to have a chat. Luke, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the EFL Fan Network. Thank you very much for having me and catch you again soon. This is the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Up next, we'll be joined by Jake Barker from the Rams Talk podcast. Derby County are in the League One promotion race, but after a surprise defeat in midweek, could they be slowing down? That's coming up after the break right here on TalkSport 2. On DAV Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Welcome back to the EFL Fan Network on Thought Sport 2 with me, Justin Beattie. Plenty still to come as we hear about the highs and lows of being a Rotherham fan from Matt Lax. And we'll also look ahead to that cracking game at the bottom of the table between Queen's Park Rangers and Huddersfield Town. But first, let's now dive into League One and discuss Derby County's push for promotion. The Rams sit fourth in the table in the playoff places, but they had the opportunity to go top this week and blew it. Defeat to Reading, who are fighting for survival at the bottom, surprised many. But has it left Rams fans concerned with their team's promotion hopes? Let's get the thoughts of Jake Barker from the Rams Talk podcast, who joins us now. So, Jake, that 1-0 defeat to Reading this week, were you surprised by the result? To be honest, I'd say probably not. Um, I, I think since the defeat against Peterborough at, uh, at the start of this year, first first day of the year started off badly we we've not looked the same team as we did beforehand we um we look a lot like a team of individuals that are good individuals don't get me wrong but they just can't play together at the minute um when you watch the way we play it, it, we're not very coherent we're not very flowing we're kind of sort of as i said a lot of individuals trying to do what they're trying to do and and we don't look a cohesive unit at all so to be honest, I wasn't surprised going into the game. Confidence wasn't as high as it probably should have been for a game like that. And I guess that, that compounded our misery when when Reading ended up beating us. Not a single shot on target from the Rams in that defeat. How concerning is it for you to see that lack of cutting edge in the team? It is concerning, but again, it's not a massive surprise. Um, James Collins, Derby's top goal scorer, has scored 13 goals in the league, which is great. But when you look at the goals that he scored, he, he kind of he needs it in a really good area. Unless... Mendes Lang's on fire or Barcazen's on fire. We managed to create those chances and put them pretty much on a plate. We don't tend to score too many goals, uh, which is weird considering we score so many goals. Like I said before, we, we rely completely on individual brilliance a lot of the time. So when those players aren't performing or if those players get shut out of the game, we end up not scoring. Lincoln did it really well. They shut down the wide areas and Reading did exactly the same. If you put the pressure on in the wide areas, double up on, on the wingers, we tend to struggle quite a lot. And it's, I guess, a big challenge for Paul Warren to try and work out how to fix that. How do the fans feel about Paul Warren currently? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because when you look where we are in the league, we've got a couple of points off top. We're right up there. We've had a brilliant run of form. But the perception of Paul Warren probably isn't the most positive. And for an outsider, that might seem a little bit confusing. But the problem is, is that we never even, we never really look good. And I know it's not about looking good. I know it's about winning games, but we never look that confident. There's only a few games this season where I'd say we looked brilliant and we looked really, really good. Whereas you look at other teams like the likes of Peterborough, they look good in almost every game. Derby tend to look a little bit dodgy, but then someone will come up with something magic towards the end of the game and end up winning it for us. And that's how we've sort of got by through the season. I don't think as a team, we're the best team but we've got lots of very, very good players and that's how we're, we're getting by at the minute. So 
I think Paul Warren it hasn't won fans over completely. I mean, start of the season was awful um, and there were a lot of people calling for his head. And to be honest, at the time, I'd probably say rightly so. And now we've had a really good run of form. But if we dip again, I can see those same calls coming back because the way we play is quite uninspiring. And a lot of people have said they're a little bit detached. But again, when you look at where we are in the league, it's crazy. Well, let's hear what Derby boss Paul Warren had to say after the defeat to Reading. He understands the expectation for Derby to be promoted this season and he feels his players are up for the challenge. The expectation here is big because as it was for Ipswich, as it was for Sunderland, as it was for Sheffield United, as it was for Southampton, it is big pressure to get out of this league. I, I completely understand that and maybe at times it's a big game for the opposition to play us. If we turned up tonight and there was, you know, we brought 20 fans, would Reading's players been as good? You just don't know. But with expectation comes excitement, comes fun, comes, you know, a challenge really so I, the lads are up for it it's just that unfortunately tonight we were on the bad side of a goal defeat and that's how football is that was Derby boss Paul Warren left frustrated after the defeat to Reading in midweek he's got an impressive record of achieving promotion in his career if he were unable to achieve it with Derby this season is his job under threat? Oh definitely I'd, I'd say definitely I mean, hearing from David Klaus, he, he's very confident that whatever happens, Warren will stay. But I think the pressure from the fan base will be massive because, yes, we've still got some restrictions. But if you look at the team that we've got, we've got such a good side for this division. And the amount of money that I'm sure we're spending on wages is is far and above the majority of the league as well. I think Warren came in with a really good reputation, obviously three promotions with Rotherham, which is fantastic for him. But Derby is a very different thing to Rotherham. Um, you know, you look at Rotherham, I wouldn't say they were always the underdogs, especially in League One, but they definitely weren't the out and out favourites every season. Whereas every div- season Derby will be in this division, they will be one of the favourites. And the style of play that we do play isn't the most inspiring. It isn't the most exciting um, and when it's not effective and we don't get points, it's really, really frustrating. So I think the pressure will build if he doesn't get some or at least close to promotion. I think if, if we don't finish in the playoffs or reach the playoff final or anything like that, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on him um, unless he gets us up. Portsmouth, Peterborough and Bolton are all above Derby in the League One table. Who do you think gets promoted from League One? Oh, that's There's a, a nice question one. for you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I mean, Bolton are a good side. I think Peterborough are a very good side. Portsmouth are the only one where, uh, despite the fact they had that really good run, I mean, I think they're kind of similar to us. I don't think they're as good as as Peterborough or Bolton. And I think they're probably about level with us. Um, but I'm going to put my delusional hat on. I'll say Bolton will win it. And I think Derby will go up as well, uh, just out of sheer hope more than anything. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Peterborough pushing all the way. So with regards to your podcast, the Rams Talk podcast, um, how did it start? How did you get involved? How did it start? Um, I, was, I was chatting to one of my friends. Uh, we've done a couple of different things before. And he was like, why don't we do a proper thing? And, and we ended up doing it. And it started off with us getting random Derby fans every week to get their opinions, a bit like a radio show. And then we had the same lads that were coming every single week. And we ended up turning it into a proper thing. And it ended up going from, you know, having a, a couple of hundred, we get thousands every single episode now, which is amazing. And uh, I don't know if you can quite see in the background, but we uh, we won a, a silver award at the Football Content Awards as well. So in the space of about a year and a half, we've gone from not knowing each other to being really good mates and having a great community as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good fun. And how can people find it? Oh, people can find us pretty much everywhere. We're, we're, we're 
annoyingly unavoidable at the minute in the in the derby world <laughs> what you do um, it yeah yeah i mean you can find us on youtube um we we live stream every episode every weekend and we do previews for every game you can find us on spotify apple pods rams talk pods or rams talk podcast and we do loads of conversation starters on twitter as well at rams talk pod jake it's been a pleasure speaking to you thank you very much for coming on Cheers, Justin. Thank you very much. This is the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Up next, we'll be talking all things Rotherham United. As League One looks on the horizon for the Championship Club, Matt Lax from the New York Talk podcast will reminisce on some of his favourite Miller's memories and tell us why he started the podcast. Stay with us right here on TalkSport 2. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Welcome back to the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2 with me, Justin Beatty. Shortly, we'll be looking ahead to our big game of the weekend. But first, let's discuss all things Rotherham United. Bottom of the championship table. It's been a season to forget so far, but that hasn't stopped the fans get behind the team every week. Let's get the thoughts of Matt Lax from the New York Talk podcast and hear all about his love for the Millers. Matt, thanks for coming on the EFL Fan Network. Uh, talk us through your support of Rotherham and how it all started for you. Uh, it's family. Been in the family for generations now, as as I suppose many 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 football fans. Um, I think the great grandma, great granddad's first started sporting the club. Um, I first started watching it about 96, something like that. And it's been up and down ever since. Yeah. Um, hard work sporting a club like Rotherham. But it's fun. The, the, the highs are high and the, the lows are very, very low. And it, keep, it keeps on your toes. Um, which is what, it's what we all love about football. It's one of the beauties of football is that you never know what's going to happen. And that Rotherham sort of typified that, really. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So so what has, what's been your personal highlight or your personal highlights during your time as a Rotherham fan? Uh, my, my first highlight was a, we when we got a double promotion back in the what, 99 and then 2000, we got went, went from Division 3 to Division 1. Um, and the club was an absolute state of a football club. And Ronnie Moore, to do that double promotion was just ridiculous. Um, then we did the same again <laughs> 20 years later or whatever under Steve Evans. So he do two back-to-back promotions. is pretty incredible. A um, couple of Wembley wins in there. Three Wembley wins in there, I think. Uh, two playoff finals and a Papa John's trophy. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to compare Wembley wins because winning at Wembley is very, very special. We luckily only had one defeat at Wembley out of the four times we've, we've been as a club. Yeah. Uh, winning at Wembley is it's, it's pretty difficult to beat winning at Wembley. It's very, very special. Yeah, it is. Yeah, losing those not all that great, is it? It's a long way from Rotherham, right? It's not so far from where I am, but from Rotherham is quite a journey, isn't it? It is a bit of a trek, and that's why I think we are the always we always win because it's only fair. We've got to travel so far. It's only fair that we win. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So I suppose there haven't been many highlights this season. How are you feeling about the team currently? It's difficult, very, very difficult. And we started the season pretty well, to be honest. First five or six games. Uh we we played some good teams, picked up some points against good teams and, and pushed teams. I think we pushed Leicester all the way when we're looking up to get something. Um, but since September, it's just been absolutely downhill all all, all the way. Yeah. Um, Lee has come in and he, he has steadied the ship. We look really pretty, we look, we look much better defensively, we're more solid. We're not going to, we're not going to concede four and five goals anymore, I don't think, under Liam Richardson or, or, or as much, certainly not as much. Mm. Um, but we're just, we, we should, we feel like such a long way back from where we are now. Um, three wins, I think, three wins in whatever 20 plus games we've played. It's, it doesn't make for fun viewing, to be honest with you. No. Do you feel Liam Richardson was appointed as Rotherham's manager with one eye on League One next season? 
Possibly. He wasn't first choice uh, by all accounts. Uh, we wanted Nathan Jones was one of the first choices. Uh, Gary Rowett and Mark Warburton, I think, turned us down. Um, I, I think Liam Richardson would have been a decent appointment. If we had done it straight away, I think we'd have all gone. I think that makes sense. He did okay at Wigan in the Championship. I, I can sort of get it. We waited four weeks to appoint him, and that's that's what's that's what did we, it came in when we were eight points adrift, whereas mm. we sacked Matt Taylor when we were four points adrift. So it, it really made things much more difficult for Liam Richardson. Um, I think it's a double whammy. I think he he has shown already that he's capable of managing this level and getting us organised. This, that, and the other. Uh, I don't think he's got the squad that he wants. But you're right. If we if, if we go down. There's not many better people out there in League One that you think, right, who do we want to get out of this league? Liam Richardson, one of the guys you look at straight away. So I think it's a bit, I think it was a win win in terms of bringing him in for next season as well. Yeah. Are you expecting uh, the team to strengthen before the transfer window closes at the end of this month? <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've signed, as at the time of speaking, we've signed zero. We've signed nobody. Um, and we've we've played since November with one fit centre-half. Wow. And we'll play three at the back as well. Right, which is yeah. not ideal. No. Um, so we're desperate for bodies. We're just desperate for people to come in. The, the problem is, who's going to want to come to Rotherham on a permanent deal right now? We're bottom of the league. We're probably going to go down. How do you sell that to somebody to come, in, certainly on a permanent basis? Mm. Um, look at AFCON, so on Asia Cups, on, that's impacting bigger clubs letting their fringe players go, which hasn't helped. Mm. Um, we still need four. If, if you ask me how many we need, we need four or five players. And we're a week or so to go in the transfer window. That's a lot of business to be done over that time. So at this stage, we're still lucky if we get two. But there certainly has, if we're to stand a chance, we need a few players in. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, so coming back to you then, um, as a fan, if you had to pick a few favourite players over the years, who would who would they be? Um, the one that stands out is Lee Frecklington. Uh, he joined us in League Two um, when Steve Evans first came in, our first year back at New York Stadium, having been in Don Valley for four years. And he was just a bit of an all-action midfielder. You know, he, he ran everywhere, but he also had that little bit of class and he, he was a bit of a goal-scoring midfielder. Not masses of goals, but it was that guy that just popped up when it really, really mattered. When when the game needed something, when it was a big game, Frecklington was just there. Frecklington just popped up, scored a goal. He scored the goal at Seal Promotion in 2013. Uh, to League One at the time, um, yeah. he went on to be captain. It was just, it was just, it was just, it was just what you want as a player. If you, if us as fans, all we, all we want is run around on with our with our football team shirt on and be, yeah, yeah. be good. And Freckleton was just that guy. Um, he did everything that you want in a midfielder. Going back a bit, Alan Lee in, in the nineties, early two thousands was it was a we signed him from Burnley reserves. Um, <laughs> for about hundred k, going to be like a legend of the of Rotherham United. Um, yeah. He's, he's one of those players that when when times were tough, he just stepped up and again got got a goal to get us promoted in in two thousand and one. Um, these are the guys that stand out, aren't they? When when yeah. when these matter, they just stand up and say, "I'll I'll, I'll sort it, guys." And those guys, those two are just two of those two of those people. Absolutely. What about currently? You got a current favorite player or uh, goalkeeper? Obviously, our position has to be a defensive player because that's what we do most of. Um, but Victor Hansen, the goalkeeper. Um, is just he's one of the best keepers in the championship. He's is is better than Rotherham United, and he will not be with us too much longer. Hopefully, till the end of the season. Um, but again, he's one of those just sort of epitomizes the club. He try it's difficult for a goalkeeper to show their personality, but somehow he does show his personality on the pitch. Right. Um, he's 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 an international keeper now. He's played for Sweden. He will go on to play probably first choice keeper at some point. He is he is a Premier League keeper in waiting. 
Um, and just now we have like we've been on the podcast as well. Just such a nice guy to talk to. You can sit and talk to him for hours just about whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and like I say, he's a special special talent as well, Victor. So tell us about the New York Talk podcast. How did it start, and who were the hosts? Uh, so it started just before uh, COVID hit, 2019, uh, mid midway to uh, 2019. Uh, there isn't much Rotherham United content out there. You know, there's no YouTube channels or anything like that. There's a few uh, fan vlogs. Uh, and I thought it'd be just fun. I was listening to podcasts and thought, you know, well, let's give that a go. Um, started off just just me, Brie, just doing a 10-minute review every so often, every week or so. Uh, and then we got Mick, myself and Mick have been there since 2020. And we have Danny. Uh, Danny Glaves who was with us as well. Um, starting a podcast before COVID wasn't a good idea because we no football to talk about for six months, <laughs> which was fun when we're in League One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we just talked two twice a week, review review a show, review a game, preview a game. Try to keep things light as 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 we can, especially with the season that we're having. It's important to keep things light as you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, we've, had, we've, covered, we've covered two promotions, two relegations, or probably going to be a third relegation. Yeah. Uh, it's never dull being a Rotherham fan. There's always something to talk about. It's it's, uh, it's great. Of course. What's the format of New York Talk and which platforms is it available on? Uh, so we do twice a week. We re, we so we do our Thursday night our live on YouTube, which we then put out as an audio podcast, which we out the day after, and then Sunday night live Monday morning for the audio podcast. It's a review of the game coming up Saturday, and then Sunday night we 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 review it. Sorry, on then uh, we also have on YouTube a instant reaction with home games. We we are doing it like an instant reaction. We stand outside the stadium and laugh or cry depending on how the results gone. <laughs> um, we're a bit more emotional, uh, so it tends to be a bit 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 more. <laughs> we get them all, you know, people laughing at us when we lose, which has always happened this season. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's just a general chit chat. How are things want players that played well, players that played badly? How games affect the season going forward? Um, nice and breezy, light and breezy for the most part. What's been the highlight of hosting the podcast so far? Uh, we got to speak to our manager. We interviewed our manager in the summer. We interviewed Matt Taylor uh, when, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he was manager, um, and it was great. It was just he's not here anymore, but it was just an hour of talking about some football stuff, but some about, you know, how he's moved from, he came from Exeter to Rotherham. So it's all about how he settled into the area and his plans for the future and things like that. And I uh, spoke to a couple of the players uh, that the club have luckily sent through to us, uh, sent through to us, like allowed us to speak to as well. Um, mm. But speaking to the, the current Rotherham manager was a pretty a special high moment for the podcast at the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's also important to speak to other fans, isn't it? On these podcasts. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. We do a, what we call a scout report that we speak to the opposition fans every, every game. Uh, that's one of the best bits about the podcast is is speaking to people that I would never meet these these people because the fans of opposition football clubs. But you can we go on their podcast, they come on our podcast. We can spend an hour and half an hour just chatting again, chatting about football. Sometimes not about football, often not about football. Yeah. Um, and it's great fun. We use the network to get fans that are on it, and and uh, it's it's good fun. It is one of the best things to meet other people outside the football club, but still have that passion for football in their club as well, like we do. Yeah, of course, yeah. So uh, what are the ambitions for the podcast? And is there anything else that you'd like to do with it? Uh, just keep growing it. You know, we, we, we've grown from, you know, a little podcast and we've got over a thousand subscribers on YouTube and we're obviously part of the, the network as well. Uh, just keep getting people involved, Spread, spreading the good word of Rotherham United, uh, telling everyone how stressful it is being a Miller's fan. Because uh, yeah, people don't believe us that it's this stressful. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, Matt, from New York Talk podcast. It's been great speaking to you. Could you just remind everybody where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so we're on YouTube, so it's New York Talk on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify. 
Um, search New York Talk and you will find our faces. This is the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Coming up, we'll preview our big game of the weekend as QPR host Huddersfield. It's a huge game towards the bottom of the championship table as both teams desperately need three points. We'll preview it with both camps next. On DAV Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2. Welcome back to the EFL Fan Network on TalkSport 2 with me, Justin Beatty. It's time now for us to look ahead to the big game of the weekend in the Championship. Two teams fighting it out towards the bottom of the table, 22nd versus 21st, as QPR host Huddersfield. And this match could have big ramifications come the end of the season. Let's hear from both camps now. Joining us from the W12 podcast is Ben Platt. And for the Huddersfield side of matters, we're joined by Matt Shaw from And He Takes That Chance. So, Ben, is it a good time to be playing Huddersfield this weekend? Um, well, off the back of a, of a win, obviously, from last Saturday, then yes. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of a bounce around the place at the moment because obviously Saturday was much needed and a great result for us. Um, we've got a fully, fully fit squad as well, which is very unusual and not like QPR to not have half a team out injured. So that's also a positive. We're at home, which is also a positive. Um, but there's high pressure our end, obviously, because I think it's a bit of a must win. Probably our biggest game for a while, um, certainly this season. And uh, we can't really afford to lose it. So uh, it's just the pressure we're under, isn't it? But, um, but like I said, we had a really good performance and good result on Saturday. So um, in that regard, it is a good, it is a good time. Uh, Matt, how important is championship survival and how confident are you of it? It's pretty big. Um, I mean, we've been in the championship now since 2012. I don't want to go back to League One. It's it's not much fun. Uh, so it's it's quite key from maintaining a, a level of support base. You know, the, the financially, it's it's quite important. The new American owner seems to be putting his money in at the moment, which is good. So if we do go down, I don't see any sort of financial difficulties. I think he'll keep us afloat. Um but yeah, it's it's not something we want to do. We want to be looking upwards rather than downwards, and going down to League One would be a, would be a bit of a nightmare start. So this is a huge game for us as well. Ben, uh, do you feel that a win against Huddersfield would lift QPR out of the relegation zone? What do I believe it will? Or yeah. <laughs> I mean, it will definitely, won't it? But what, whether we can stay there is another question or not. But look, you know, being on the same point and and then going into the last what, what is it, twelve, thirteen games, you know, equal is a much better position than being six points behind, right? Um, trying to catch up. We've got some real tough games towards the end of the the, the end of the, the the season as well, which we want to try to avoid not needing to be catching up at that point. Yeah. In, in my eyes. Um but yeah, a win would certainly take us out and 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 for us to be in that position considering the season we've had, which has been so poor, mm. um, it's a bit of a miracle, maybe testament to how poor a season maybe Huddersfield have it as well. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe Matt will be better to ask that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'd like to ask Matt, um, what would be your three-point plan to ensure that survival is attained? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, win games for a start would be... Would be it's always good, yeah. That, that would be a great start. Um, Darren Moore, since he came in, won three in 22. Uh, it's not good enough. Um, two of those, you could argue, were flukes as well. Uh, we played QPR at our place uh, a couple of months ago, and we probably shouldn't have won that game. QPR really battered as the last half an hour and we ended up scraping a 2-1 uh, 
uh, and scraped 2-1 at Sunderland as well. So uh, there's only really been one decent performance where we've won, and that was against Blackburn in uh, on Boxing Day, and Blackburn have lost seven of the last nine, uh, and then we failed to beat them at the weekend as well. And that was a, a key game as well because our owner, Kevin Nagel, had said in one of his little diaries he's doing online at the moment, he's doing some video diaries, um, which are very entertaining for, for football fans and uh, probably very disconcerting for Darren Moore. But he, he said before the Blackburn game, we need to win three games in a row. And we, we faltered at the first hurdle with with a draw uh, and very much a draw of our own making, missed open goals, chances, um, and gave them a really easy goal right from the start. And that's something we do. We, we tend to go 1-0 down very easily. So I think point one would be win games. Point two would be to stop conceding first so early, so quickly. Uh, and point three, might need a new manager. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> Now, coming back to you then, uh, Ben, is championship survival a matter of keeping chair, Armstrong and Willock fit? Uh, well, do you know what? It, it's about keeping the 11 that we have that we'll probably start on Sunday fit, which includes them, um, because outside of those, we don't have other options. Like I said, we've got a fully fit squad at the moment, which is... and. And I believe that the eleven that we that we had on the weekend that we had last weekend and we'll have this weekend is probably good enough to stay up. Um, but it's they've only played together as an eleven twice this season, which you know and we've won both of them at Hull and, and Millwall. So, so it's important that we keep them fit and and, and on the pitch. If we don't, then um, then we're in trouble. Ilias Chair is is huge for us, um, but he gets nullified. I guess the benefit is is that he gets. Teams know that he's our main threat, so they target to try and yeah. stop him, mm. which is good, which is not great for him, but it's it does enable Willock and, and Armstrong to be probably more involved, um, and there's a bit more space in, in behind them, which is what they need. But, um, but keeping Armstrong fit is probably just as important. He's only 19, 20, yeah. but he's a real um, talent, and um, he's a battering ram, and he's quick, and he causes issues. He's a bit raw, um, but he's found some form, and if you know, for me, I'll just play him every game. Dykes has been playing in the number 10 role, which has been really yeah. odd, but he's doing yeah. quite well with it. Uh, Matt, do you think Huddersfield would still be in the position they are currently in if Neil Warnock was the manager? No. <laughs> um, I, I still think we'd be bottom six. The 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 work over the summer was was appalling uh, in the transfer market. It, we, we released... Um, 26, 27 players uh, let let them go, either sold or released and brought in four and none of them really, apart from one in fact none of them, uh, strengthened the first 11 um, so the work we did was really poor but I think Neil Warnock would have found ways to pick up more points than what Darren Moore has, Darren Moore's very um, systems related it's very much players have got to work around what he wants to do whereas Neil Warnock um, manages to create a team which is better than the sum of their parts and can work around individual players in form and and, and structure the team accordingly, whereas Darren Moore can't. Um, so, yes, I think we'd be further away from the bottom three uh, with Neil Warnock, but I don't think we'd be miles away, in all honesty. I'll ask you both this question, but I'll start with you, Ben. Uh, which three teams are you expecting to see relegated from the Championship this season? Um if I'm honest, I think it's just a straight, straight shootout between us, Huddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday, if they can grab a bit of form. Um, I, can't, I think the other teams, one of them would have to have a mammoth fall in form to, to sort of join us. Uh, and we would, two teams would need to have a real big run. Um, my get, God, uh, 
I don't want to tempt fate because it's so important <laughs> the game of the weekend. I literally don't. Um, yeah. I, I think Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday will go, and then I think it will literally be between us and Huddersfield. If we can win Saturday, I, I'd be. I'd say us. If we don't win, then I'd say we'd be going down. Bit on the fence. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, go on in, Matt. Same question to you. No, I think that's a fair comment. I do think potentially some could drop down. Uh, there's always someone drops down, isn't there? From from the middle. At some at this stage, there's usually some FFP charge comes in, and someone holds and drops like a stone. We've seen it with Reading, we've seen it with Derby, we've seen we've seen it with Birmingham, and we've seen a lot of teams drop down. Some survive, some don't. Um, I'm not going to speculate on who that might be, but you look at the form of Blackburn at the minute, and Blackburn, if they keep going as they are, they could be in trouble. Um, I mean, you know, before we played them at the weekend, seven losses in nine, and it's now seven and ten. It's it's not great form, um, but you know you never know. A manager change could just work wonders there. And there's a certain Neil Warnock who's a specialist in survival out there, out of work at the moment. So you never know. Um, <laughs> but I think Ben's right. I think this weekend is massive. Um, our owners made everyone very aware of how big this is, and that we we can't afford to lose this game. Um, we tend to draw a lot of games one all at the minute, so I wouldn't put the scoreline past that. <laughs> But we we it's it's difficult. I feel like if we do lose this weekend, then the run of games we've got after we've got Sheffield Wednesday after, so we've got QPR then Sheffield Wednesday. Right. But after that, we've got Southampton, we've got Leeds, we've got a really tough run. Yeah, we could find ourselves buried if we lose to QPR and fail to beat Sheffield Wednesday, um, and probably with a new manager at that point as well. So uh, it's a huge weekend for us. It's a huge weekend for Darren Moore. So. Um, Hopefully we can come out the other side. Final score predictions then. We'll start with you, Matt. One all. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And Ben? Oh God. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, I think I think we'll win. I'm gonna go to one. We'll we'll concede a set piece goal. You've got Helic of you, likes a goal, and we're terrible at defending set pieces. So I'd imagine that would if we're gonna concede, it will come from there. But I just I think it will if the if we can get if we get the first goal, whoever get it, I think we'll be all right. All right. Well, look, Ben from W12 Podcast and Matt from Anti Takes That Chance Podcast. Thank you very much for coming on and telling us all about your teams and what you expect for the weekend. Speak to you soon, chaps. A reminder, you can listen to the Fan Network show every Thursday evening at the usual time of 6pm here on TalkSport 2, whilst EFL All Access is every Monday evening at 6pm. If you miss any of our shows, you can listen back on the TalkSport app and we're also available as a podcast, which you can download from your go-to podcast podcast provider just search the EFL all access feed